0: We're going to talk a lot about where this organization is going in this press conference, but I think it's instructive to start by acknowledging where we're coming from. The The conversation about this organization has changed dramatically in 12 months. You know, when I when I was sitting here a year ago, we were talking about this organization in a very different light. You know, in, in, instead of talking and openly asking, you know, where, where are the bats? Are these young hitters ever going to hit? Now we're, we're seeing a group of young, middle-of-the-order bats emerging right before our eyes. Instead of talking about where,
1: where are the prospects that can help us, the conversation we're actually having right now is:
0: are there players at AAA that should already be here? Are there mudheads, not one or two, but several mudheads that are making compelling cases that they could really help us here in Detroit? Welcome to another episode of the Mercy Metrics Podcast. Episode 49 here at TigersMLReport.com. I am Rohelio Castillo. Alongside me is Uper. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or listen to the podcasts. And you can find us, our show schedule, it's going to be, it's a little funky right now, so I apologize about that. But new episodes usually drop on Fridays, and it still will be the case throughout the offseason. But as things happen, as things break, there will be shows during the middle of the week. During the off season. like I said, we're... Off season mode is completely different than than our segmented and stuff. So we'll probably do one more, or probably a final. Ne- well, next week I think we'll do the final version of uh, the inside numbers and all that with the postseason going on. Uh, Tor- by the way, Minnesota winning their first postseason game since two thousand four, beating Toronto three to one on a pair of voice Lewis home runs. That was a big win for the Twins just to get themselves off the hump a little bit with yes. that off the Schneid, if you will. And right now in the bottom of the third is 3-3 between the Diamondbacks and the Brewers. The Rangers shut out the Rays, and kind of the upset there a little bit. Personally, I think that's an upset. Four to nothing as yep. the Rays committed four errors. You were, what, I mean, that's un- that's unconventional Rays baseball there. Well, it's the most errors they've had all season.
2: They had three errors twice, I believe. Um, and, you know, in the postseason, to me, its I've always said it, it's about home runs and defense in the postseason and uh, the defense did not show up today they coughed up a bunch of runs they didn't score either i guess so it didn't matter but uh yeah it was not a a typical tampa bay Rays baseball game Uh, jose siri had a
0: really bad game out in center field yeah and that was unexpected and one of the things too about the rangers Mm -hmm. coming into the series is whether or not but Whether it can continue that momentum, and I always believe that momentum is a fake thing. It's not like a real thing, and I'm always joking about that. There's, but Texas was one of the hottest teams in the American League, and we we saw this with the Cardinals back in 2006. Cardinals caught fire at the end of the season, got them to World Series, beat the Tigers. So it doesn't. I mean, this is what I love about the MLB postseason. You, You could throw. I mean, look at this the 2002 Seattle Mariners set of like winning all those games mm-hmm. and um uh didn't do nothing in the postseason or 2001. Was it 2001 Mariners or 2002? 2001 Mariners, yeah. 2001, oh, I'd say
2: yeah. in 2001, they won 116 games, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: so I gotta, yeah, I gotta ask you guys, what teams are you rooting for in the play? Is there a team that's kind of caught your heart a little bit that you're going to be rooting for these 2023 20, playoffs.
0: We'll, well, we'll get to that. Cause I, I do want to talk about that. So the, the coming up, we're going to talk about Miguel Cabrera weekend, a uh, bittersweet weekend for a lot of Tiger fans. And was out there for that. Uh, again, getting his reaction from the, getting the Spencer and glove was really sweet. Um, the, there was just a lot of really cool moments there uh, throughout the weekend. We'll also get to the Scott Harris presser. I was, I got some audio from that. Well, I'm transcribing it, but I'm not sure it will play. But I still have the entire, I, the whole entire thing. That was an interesting conversation. Then he set the five, uh, him, and AJ Hinch talked to the five beat writers by themselves. So they're going to the elevator. Like, and uh, one of the PR guys goes, "A oh, Rogers only for the beat writers." I was like, "Oh," because right. <laughs> I don't have, I technically don't have a beat. I, I you know what I mean? Like I'm not. I wasn't there all year because I was splitting duties. So um, anyway, it was not well, it, not there, but it was it was really cool to be a part of that. press conference at the end of the year. We're going to launch an online newspaper then, and you're now an our beat writer. Yeah, well, I go. mean, the, the thing is, is as long as it pays me more than what I'm getting paid at Fansided, then by all means, <laughs> or by actually, if I think about it, the donations we got this year, our YouTube and. Uh, the GoFundMe that Mark Gouraud started actually paid me more than some of the stuff I was getting from Fansided. So yeah, again, I know it's like one of those things where we're like, well, why'd you leave, you know, the whole Woodward sports thing, which one day I'll address sometime, not on air, but John will attest. And I think we're, we're, we're better off in the long run. So anyway, all right, enough of that. Let's get into Miguel Cabrera. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the Tigers did a really good job with all the ceremony, And the way they handled the whole weekend, a fantastic job by the Tigers. It was a well-coordinated thing where on Sunday they had in the stands. And I think, yeah, I have it it here. So if you were in the stands on Sunday, Mm -hmm. you got one of these. And you were able to, well, if you were a fan, you were like this. (laughs) So you did this. I see. So then, like, everybody, you know, formed a certain letter. And they came with a uh, special well, season. I feel like an old man on the camera. Where's the camera? Uh, right here. So that's, that's what you get right there. And so so could you cool. really
2: see it really nice in the state when you're in the stadium? Could you really appreciate what, what it was, the scale the scale of it?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, they The Tigers did a really good job of meticulously planning this, and I thought it looked really good. I thought the way they uh, panned the shot back out camera-wise, it looked really good there's a very big pop crowd wise. And um, it was a very, very well first-class job by, and, and, OBK is absolutely right. It was the way it was executed, even like just the, the, the traffic and some of the bottlenecks of people, you'll go to the Miller porch, Miller porch was popping and, and like they they had the, they had a, a timeline in right field and right center. So you can walk by his timeline, the 24, the, the baseball sculpture the baseball sculpture was fantastic the whole thing just up and down well done by the tigers and it was a nice. good way to send off mickey the 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 pop he got when he came out the first base and then the scripted almost felt like it was scripted see if kwan hit a first uh grounded to him yeah knowing full well that he and i can attest to this too in his locker his all his locker was packed up except for a couple things when you get down there um but yeah it's it's, it's it's not gonna lie there was it was it got really emotional towards the end and uh the entire way that I, I think what i really could appreciate about the entire way the things went down over the weekend was is that his teammates like his teammates like just the genuine appreciation and, and uh as john would look for john always looks for these kind of storylines the torch was passed on, you know, and, and it was, and it was passed <laughs> yeah. on, you know, like the, the as cliche as that sounds, it was. Ooh. And, but seeing yeah. this, I, I, by the way, I got to meet a lot of great fans. I uh, met up the guys over at Michigan Trumbull podcast. Shout out to those guys. Those were, those guys were cool. I saw John down there with uh, Jeremy. Uh, I met up with, uh, wow, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, Sean, the Southerly gentleman on our discord, some people from our discord was down there Uh get a chance to sit and talk them talk baseball for a little while it was cool and then we're like oh look we got to go back to our seats and watch (laughs) miguel and and witness what was left of him so uh shout out to steve or yeah ghost mav and um matt who's our discord as well so overall it was a fantastic experience
2: it was was really something to watch from afar on tv you know friday and saturday he had some really good swings right he he he, a couple uh, three doubles i believe whatever it was um uh, looked really good i took real appreciation that after the game when he did the short interview he admitted that it was one of the toughest games he's ever played and that he was ch- he was chasing after everything uh the emotion got to him and that's cool I mean, who cares I mean, I mean the fact that he didn't get any hits that doesn't detract from him and his greatness by any stretch of the imagination but he was he was swinging up stuff he would probably spit at normally because i'm sure he wanted desperately to put a show on for the fans. Um, So then to get him, you know, to have him play defense for the first time in three years and field that ball was, was really cool. I mean, it was a really fun way to go out. I worried for a split second that uh, Quan was going to out hustle him, but (laughs) he got it by a few feet and uh, it was, it was a very, very nice moment and really a great weekend.
1: Yeah. Being there, I had standing, uh, standing room only tickets. So I was kind of just on the outskirts. Um, but we were walking when we saw Miggy came into play first base. We were walking towards like home plate to get a better view. And then we hear the crowd erupt. And I ran over to see that he had fielded the ground ball because um, we were expecting that he was going to get his standing ovation and his kind of farewell at the end of the inning. But then obviously the first ball in play was hit to Miggy. But it was a great experience. I actually got recognized by some people there. Um, just complimenting ooh, us on the podcast. Ne- that's never happened to me before. I, I got very cool, but it was awesome. There were so many people there, and it was just a great thing to see. I didn't cry. I thought I would cry. Uh, I got a little emotional. I felt some tears coming on, but I, I held it together, and it, it was just a fantastic experience.
0: Yeah, and for the most part, I think there was not a lot of dry eyes, and, and especially in the, pr- the press box. I know Miggy... Didn't exactly sometimes get along with the, the press, but he was very cordial with them. And, and I thought he did really good. There was a great story by Evan Petzold, of the, the Freep. talk about his influences. And that was some great storytelling there by Evan and the entire, again, the entire thing over the weekend was fantastic. And there was one of the things too, that um, I did, I, I, by the way, I've never gotten rec- The only time I got, rec- I got, I got somebody asked for my autograph and I was in Erie. I was literally walking up. <laughs> and I took a picture because I was in total utter shock that somebody asked me for my autograph. Oh, tell your money, put it in your autograph. What? <laughs> I mean, there's more than one person at the website, but uh, thanks. You know, I don't know. I'm like, okay, you know, it's, it's going to be worth nothing. But uh, <laughs> no, but, but the as somebody mentioned in the chat, OBK BK, where was Chris Illich You know, honestly, let's see if I can off the frickers building. I really don't know. Oh, that's actually the wrong soundbite. I was trying to find my cricket soundboard, uh, bite, but... Um, well, publicly,
2: he was miss- he was missing an action, right? But didn't they say he was in the locker room afterwards in the clubhouse?
0: I think he was. Yeah, I didn't... I had to, I had to go immediately after the game, so I didn't get a chance to, like... Um, I headed to the clubhouse early, and then I had to take off, but I didn't... If he was but Saturday and Friday or Friday and Saturday didn't see anything again. He could have been there and just kind of voided because there's a lot of ways you can hide in some of those tunnels down there. So who knows? I mean, it, it he, I think he read the room, right? Because I yeah. think if he would have came out there, um, I think that would have been, I think it would have been a disaster. And it, it, quite frankly, I, I don't think the Tigers wanted to ruin that weekend with that. Really? I mean, it's, it's it's Mickey's weekend. It's not Chris Hillage's weekend. It's his team. We all know it. Yes. We know he needs to spend and we'll, we'll get to that too, as well. Um, We're going to be, like I said, this off season mode, we'll be doing some shows as things happen. And uh, we'll also kind of do like our own little takes on ideas we have and all that stuff. But the other news today that occurred that uh, Uper was jumping up and down for apparently. And I had some mixed emotions about it was Matt Shepard will not be back as a TV voice of the Detroit Tigers. (laughs) And that a lot of fans on Twitter were really happy about it. Of course, everybody wants to bring back uh, Mario and Pemba because that's what people do around here. I'm sorry. There's just one thing about Detroit that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. if you're watching us on YouTube or listening at home, we had this thing about, we do not, we don't always like the same thing. Like for example, JJ, uh, uh, Detroit radio people, they're all this. It's all the same people just recycled in different points. Very like you, yeah, it, it is it is like that. And I again it's nothing against Mario Pemba. I I thought he was he did fine, but I remember people complaining about Mario and Pemba now all of a sudden he's gone, and they're like, oh, we're bring back. I, I there's not when it comes to new faces in this area, it for whatever reason people do not warm up to it. I it could be just me, but I think I think the tigers are gonna take the time. First, it was, it was reported by Tony Paul, by the way. Great job by Tony Paul mm-hmm. as always capturing the media beat in his town um and you know what i'm with like and i'm with i'm with steve right here and this is what I, and this is perfectly uh, perfectly said i'm okay that shep is gone from the booth but shep is an awesome guy and i hate that this is being celebrated amen steve matt Shepard was nothing but nice to me he went out of his way in the press box when or like when i needed my mic closer to aj hinch and i got to know him he's a good he's a good guy and it's different i guess i know it's different if you work in the press versus not but even then, I even before that, I never had a problem. I just, people just, I think people want to find reasons to complain. You know, like, was he bad at, was he, he did the play-by-play stuff? Yes, he did struggle with that at times. I'm not saying he was perfect. But at the same time, to sit there and celebrate it, like it's like the end of the war or, end, or something um, really dramatic, I think it, just get a life. Like, honestly, like just, like to, to celebrate somebody losing their job, what is wrong with you? Well, that's it. You know, the tweet I made today was
2: I wasn't going to tap dance on anybody's grave because I right. lost the guy lost a gig and that's not good. But I did say it was now it's an opportunity for them to get better and they need to challenge to find the, uh, uh, a little bit more entertaining product in the booth. And it isn't just him. There are two chairs in that booth. OK, they could upgrade them both. Um, so the team has been bad for several years. And I think he is a public facing uh, portal. And, you know, uh, for the team. So he's going to take a lot of grief. gets kind of channeled toward him when he makes mistakes because the team is bad and people are just frustrated. Uh, I think he also, you know, his first year or two, he struggled. I think he's been bad. I think he's better now. Absolutely. After a few years. But I think um, that initial opinion of his work sunk in when he couldn't, you know, we all know it. He couldn't judge a fly ball really well very quickly. And that stuck with him. That kind of got hung around his neck forever, Uh, which I I think, I don't think that was a big problem anymore, but uh, once those initial opinions were set in stone with people, they weren't going to change. So yeah, some people will celebrate others won't, but there's going to be a new, uh, a new voice. And I think it's needed. I think it'll be good in general. Yeah.
1: It seems like it's sort of a new era of Tigers baseball, honestly, with Miguel Cabrera playing his final season. We've got, These young guys coming up, and we obviously don't know the reason why Matt Shepard won't be coming back. Uh, Like you guys said, he was there for five years. A a lot of people had a lot of, I'd say, discontent with him and the job that he did. I I particularly never really saw a problem with him. I, I do think, you know, ideally, I thought Rod Allen and Mario Pemba were fantastic, and I do think it was a step down from them but I'm with Raj. I think they need to look for somebody new. I saw on X people were mentioning Dan hasty as someone who could step up and be given that role. I wanted to get your guys's opinion on Dan hasty being a potential uh, replacement for Matt Shepard.
0: No, I, I hasty or Greg Inge from the Erie Seawolves would be perfectly fine. Those two know the Tigers very well. Greg called the no hitter this year uh, in when Dan Dickerson took a uh, leave of absence. So Uh, either or would work fine. I mean, I know them both personally. I know both of them would do a fantastic job. So I think if they did do new faces like that, that would be fine. Um, It's it's he's better suited for football or basketball. And and again, he tried and that's the thing. Like it's a hard, it's a hard thing to do. And -hmm. so for anybody on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call the damn app to sit there and pretend like, well, why don't you do it then? I, I did play-by-play for hockey, and I was terrible at it. I'm not going to lie. I Admittedly, oh. hockey is a hard-ass sport to do because it moves I've, so yeah. fast.
1: I've done two soccer games, and soccer is hard because there's no yeah. breaks for soccer. It's 30 minutes straight of you doing play-by-play. And some of the names, it, it was yeah. hard. I, I haven't it, done baseball yet, but
0: it's tough. Yeah, I've done one baseball game in my entire life, and that was relatively easier compared to hockey. Hockey was just like moves so fast because then you're like, you got to think about the blue line. Then you got to think about sometimes – the names in the jerseys are so hard to uh to see so you're like number 15 on the on the left wing and what have you and so yeah and boom goes dynamite like you, <laughs> you know what like you always trying to find that cliche thing to say but if they go Hacy or gang eight either way uh i think that'd be fine i just i don't again if they went with Pemba 2 i don't mind but i just my opinion is yeah. why do we always feel like we have to revisit these things like people still talk about how sometimes they can wish they can hear Ernie Harwell or, you know, George Kell. And that's great. I mean, we, we, nostalgia is one of those things that I have a weirdly weird opinion about nostalgia. Sometimes we get too caught. I mean, look at the back of my, I mean, look, I can't talk. I mean, look at the back of my, my uh, (laughs) office, but I also understand that nostalgia serves a purpose. It, It allows you to have that good feeling to revisit that good feeling, but do we always have to live in nostalgia? Can we just live in the future a little bit? So I don't know.
2: It'll be interesting to see if they go into their minor league system. They definitely have a couple of good guys. I mean, I, I listened to Greg Gagne's uh, uh, work this this summer, and I was very impressed when he when he did the games for Dickerson. It, w- it was a lot of fun. Uh, of course, he had a no hitter, and that helps. <laughs> but still, um, you just—I guess—get just the sense. Seems like half the time these jobs they'll, they'll get like the. Uh, I'm just making this up out of nowhere, but like the Padres number two announcer, they'll get they'll get the bump up. And get yeah. the job you know or something like that or uh so we'll see it's not the biggest factor i mean you know they could watch the they could put the game on with no announcers and i would watch and it'd be fine but you know some people need that voice and they need to be happy with uh,
0: who they're listening to by the way uh our my i'm sorry the the corrections department came in and it was act- and they're absolutely correct it is ganga not i don't know how i say it so greg ganga thank you to our corrections department for that. Um, Kevin Brown would be, yeah, Kevin Brown. Uh, it would be nice, but Baltimore is actually pretty. I mean, Baltimore's up and rising team, and if if Baltimore still wants him around, I wouldn't see why you would leave go to Detroit. Nothing against Detroit, nothing against the Tigers because they're an up and coming team, but Baltimore just won a hundred games and they have a system that's still stock, lock and barrel better than Tigers. Crappy owner. I mean, it, 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 Angelos is basically like, oh, when these guys need to get paid, I'm not paying them because I'm a cheap ass. Mm -hmm. and it took them you know so they could go completely for the outside we'll see i don't know it's there's plenty of off season as scott harris mentioned they still have a month to look at Mm -hmm. things and we'll get into that aspect so yesterday like i said uh let me know if i'm gonna try to play a little bit of this and see if you guys can hear it or not if not it's fine i'll see if uh anybody hear that no no oh okay um so they might so here's okay so i have quotes exact quotes from the um it talks about like so i have yeah i have exact quotes i'm gonna put them in in our youtube chat here um the one of the things he kicked off with was talking about the development of the the system this year and so one of the incident quote was "Quote the players got more on themselves up and down the organization you know when i was sitting here a year ago I was talking to all of you about trying to create this culture development here, trying to create environments in which players in all phases of the career can come to this organization and get better. So upon reflection last night and this morning, I was thinking to myself, man, we're off to a great start on that. You know what? I think about veteran free agents like Michael Lorenz who came here and got better. I think about, you know, waiver claim relievers like Tyler Holden who came here, got better, put out. You know, one of the best seasons of any reliever in baseball, both in terms of the amount of pitch and the quality of his performance, time and time again. I think about waiver players, claim players like Andy Baez, came here, and got better. If you look at his performance since the end of May, at both sides of the ball, you know, he had like an OPS of 03 or 830 since the end of May, playing plus defense on second base, like mm-hmm. under his watch, got a lot better. End quote. So, they were, yeah, they as far as, um that goes and then they they announced that they're they broke ground on a land in the Dominican Republic where they're gonna be the academy and they're also building another dorm in Florida for for Lakeland for development and a lot of people are like well what Ooh. but it's it's a big deal it's a big deal because in Lakeland uh Lakeland's been severely underserved in terms of facilities you look at other facilities across baseball that are much better Lakeland's getting there. Uh, They're talking about putting cover fields down there as well. So the Dominican will allow them, and he said it during the press conference, allow them to compete more better or compete better. I don't know. I'm struggling to say that. Internationally speaking, it will allow them Mm -hmm. to compete better. And this is things that, like, the Tigers have always been behind the times when it comes to these kind of product or development things. For example, the Dodgers, if you think about the Dodgers and Pirates in the 70s and in the 80s, yeah, And you talk about the world's Academy. Well, you, you, we talked about the Royals Academy that no longer around that produced a lot of talent for Kansas city that lasted them all way into the late eighties. Yes. Um, and then what the doctors were doing internationally, the pirates were doing for a while that they fielded really good teams in the seventies and the eighties. And they look into the nineties with the Braves were doing with uh, their pitching and how they were developed pitching. Like John Smoltz talked about how much of a difference those development machines and tigers have always been behind. One mm-hmm. step behind. So that is something. <laughs> yeah, two. Yeah, or maybe like a, uh, a mile behind. But it is good to see that. And then they're also getting a new team plane that'll up uh, for conditioning purposes and everything like that. So that's stuff that you, <coughs> Of course, the dog <laughs> uh, that's stuff. That's something that you shouldn't gloss over. But uh, I thought that was <coughs> important to talk about in the press conference. Um, but yes, when it came to the eduardo rodriguez stuff that's where he was just they basically are saying hey in other words they gotta come to us when they're ready
2: yeah and it makes a lot of sense i mean obviously the way the contract is written it's it's eduardo rodriguez's call right now uh i don't see why detroit would go uh, hat in hand and looking to offer him more money uh because you know he may be once they kind of get a look at where the market's going they may be happy with what they have in detroit Um, and they should make him make the first move Uh, right so uh, you know he pitched well on Sunday finished 13 and 9 do they want him back I would say obviously they don't have a choice they would take him back for three years and be happy do they want to invest more years and money in him? I wouldn't be that quick on the trigger to do that to be honest
1: yeah I mean we talked about this on the last pod about just the Tigers have the depth to be able to replace him and I, they have the money in free agency to go out and replace him. If there's, there are big name free agent pitchers, the Tigers could go out and sign. Now, will they do that? That remains to be seen, but I don't think it's the end of the world if the Detroit Tigers don't bring back Eduardo Rodriguez. Now it is disappointing that we could potentially lose him for nothing. But again, I think there are, there are options out there to replace him if need be. But
2: but John, Mr. Harris did say this, those guys, those options out there, they can only be complimentary to the court. Okay, we're not going to be. We're not signing part of the core. We're signing the complementary piece to the core.
0: Yeah, that's yeah no, and that's. I'm glad you bring that up, Uper, because yeah. that is something that he, like when they was asked about spending on free agency, they that's what he said. In other words, they're gonna they're gonna be very uh penny pitching. I don't want to say penny pitching, um, those kind of things. And I did see, by the way, Steve. I do thank you for bringing that up too. I do want to talk about the Trevor Bauer. That was a that bomb yesterday that he Ooh, tweeted wow. out. Wow, that was one of those things where yeah. I, I had to watch it twice to process what I just yeah. saw.
1: I think I sent so, it to you because I yeah, saw it. Yeah. Like, wow. yeah, yeah, there's
0: was crazy. there's gonna be a lot of ways that Detroit can go about it pitching wise. As far as looking eternally to answer that question, Sawyer Gibson Long, Reese Olson took huge steps forward, but there's no guarantees either. I mean, we don't know. There's always this thing about casey mize about it it's just gonna be a foregone conclusion he comes back in rotation i i don't know i mean he, he was throwing 97 in the bullpen but he had to shut down there's no there's no guarantees about anything so if you're looking at ty madden to come up next year certainly um you could look at that and and as a but then again he's has struggled against getting lefties out um that's not been mastered yet so he might he might take some time before he gets up here by the way blood thank you for the five dollars
2: off the frickers building
0: um but yeah that's oh wait exquisite there we go well i know it's it's still you still got to do
2: off the frickers building that's one that's
0: yeah that's (laughs) that's that's, that's my favorite that's one that's that one has become my favorite drop of all time um but but anyway uh to get what exactly what he said about it too let me let me in terms of free agency oh I have a I have a program called the script, and so it does. It takes all the audio that I, I um um it was it was Evan Petel or Evan Woodbury of uh, M Live who asked him if he was opt out of this contract, which would you be open to conversations about a new contract. And more generally, last one you signed two free agents or any pitchers. I was wondering is that a potential item for this agenda this winter? Um, of course, he said, quote, cool, I can't speculate on Eduardo. He's put up a great year, which has to make decisions that are actually in front of us, whether they're in front of us, and that one isn't." just right now because they still talk about having a month uh i continue as far as the off season you know we have another month we're going to use i'm going to be back in the office right after this press conference and he joked about aj going on vacation hope he realized that we're going to take all the time we need to to look at every decision from every angle we're going to be active this off season and as far as what we're going to do in specific positions we're going to target we have another month before we actually get that in a general sense end quote
1: Yeah, Well, Youper, you said about building around the core, and these free agents are going to be supplements to the core. (laughs) I don't know if those impact free agents are really out there this offseason. I mean, there might be a couple, but I do think, and I saw a comment in the chat, the Detroit Tigers need innings, and that's true. They need starting pitchers who can give them innings, because I think this bullpen was taxed very heavily in 2023. Tyler Holton Uh, threw over 80 innings, Jason Foley threw a lot of innings, Alex Lange. I think they're going to need guys that can eat up innings. But in terms of the comments Scott Harris made, there are players that you can add to this offense to make it better. And at the end of the day, the Detroit Tigers have one of the worst offenses in baseball. And for them to realistically win this division in 2024 – they're going to need a, what, a top 20 offense in baseball uh, to win this division. I think they're going to need to make a pretty significant jump. Me and Youper have talked about they're going to need two impact bats, whatever that looks like, whether that be in free agency or via trade. But in terms of, like you guys said, in terms of that big name free agent, like a Cody Bellinger or a Matt Chapman, who I don't think Matt Chapman uh, it would help this team that much, if I'm being honest. That big free agent signing, that multi-year, five-plus-year deal signing is just not going to be in the cards this offseason.
0: As far as their worst offense in baseball, it is night and day, comparatively speaking, than it was last year. I mean, if you're looking at it from – they had a historically bad defense la- or offense last year. They were in the middle – in the mid-20s when it comes to offense. And that's going to take – they needed some guys who could hit for better average, that's for sure. I mean, the, the power the power was there. Uh, seven guys hitting double digits for home runs again. That doesn't sound like a lot, but considering what we've, the lack of power in the last three or four years, that's yeah, that's where it, 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 OBK, you're right. Yeah. OPS run scored, but comparatively speaking, what it was last year, last year was atrocious. I'm sorry. Last year was God awful. And, And look, maybe that's why I'm somewhat like, okay, fine. Yes, they are. They were bad in that department. They were absolutely bad. Slugging, they were towards the middle. They're towards the bottom, and it was only because really uh, of one man, in special Torkelson. Team ISO. They, I mean, this team doesn't need. Yeah, it needs power. Absolutely, I don't disagree with that whatsoever. Uh, but as far as you're talking about, the, it's so funny. When you said the bullpen was taxed. I'm just like, well, they really. I mean, so how did the how did the bullpen stack up? <coughs> Excuse me. As far as, um. As relievers go, so how many innings did they pitch? So, here's the thing: like I, I'm trying to think of where. Okay, so I'm trying to pull it up right here, and for some reason, it's not letting me do it. Oh, here it is. Um, let's see. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, I think personally, the the bullpen from what they were able to get out of the bullpen did fine. Um, here's what how the bullpen stacks up in terms of innings pitched. They pitched the fifth most amount of innings at 655. The Giants had a whopping 700 innings from their bullpen this year. 700 innings from their bullpen. That's, <laughs> um, but the Tigers bullpen, though, in terms of stacks up for F4, was ranked 20th at 3.2. So then if you're looking at starters, so how many innings did the Tigers starters go this year? Well, they actually went... 786 innings. So the bullpen wasn't as taxed as we think it is because, granted, I think it's because the last month or so they were doing bullpen starts. But as a collective, I, I, you know what? As their starting staff this year was ranked 12th overall at F4 with 11.3, you got to give an Academy Award to the entire pitching staff as a whole. Uh, Fetter, that's no, just Fetter, it's Juan Nieves, it's Robin Lung. Uh, Gabe Rivas, yeah, it is really, really, really just impressive what they're able to do with. I mean, look at look at Miguel Diaz. Miguel Diaz struggled half the season at Toledo, started figuring out his changeup a little bit, and look at his numbers in the last month of the season. It's incredible, and he went out there and was an effective reliever. Um, so and Tyler Holden had the second best WAR of all the in, in, in the entire team next to Eduardo Arias. So, yes, there's a lot of offensive weapons that need the, the, the question because the big three in Riley Green, Spencer Herkelson, and Kerry Carpenter, I mean, look at Kerry Carpenter's numbers down the stretch. He struggled. And so there's. He, he, it's not a for sure thing he's going to be that guy that's going to be. I, I'd like, there's an idea that was like, I like the idea of having J.D. Martinez come back and be a D.H. And then you could platoon the two. Oh, I'd love that.
2: You know, the whole thing going back to this, the Harris press conference that I just I struggle with. When you don't want to add to the core and you, okay, and you say, okay, free, free agency market, not good enough this year. Obviously, they're not going to contend for someone like Otani. We know that. It's not even a pipe dream. Uh, but when they say they don't want to block their young guys, and I get that, but the problem is, a lot of their young guys in the minors don't have a position. So when you say, I don't want to block them on the, I mean, there's no, there's no way to project right now where they should sign a player and where they shouldn't, because they don't even know where these young guys are going to play for sure. So that to me is an issue. That's why I would always, especially with their low payroll, invest in players they know can compete now and they make those young guys fit in around them. Uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Those guys will either they're going to hit or they're not going to hit uh, when they get to the majors, they'll find a place to play, but their job is to win games. Now, uh, you know, we've, we've we, they have put up with several years of losing. They've made this small step, this tiny itty bitty step forward this year. They want to try to win. They've been talking about the weak division. They need veteran talent who can put numbers on the board and still mix in those younger players. Because I'll tell you, Kerry Carpenter is a good player and I think he's going to be a decent player, but you can't set him as a, as a rock that you're building around. I don't know if he's the core. We don't really know that. We think Torkelson is, he showed great signs. We think green is when he's available. We don't know how much he'll be available. So I I just, I really have a problem that they kind of shut off a valve of where they can find talent. Uh and they're only going to get, you know, quote unquote complementary players. Um uh, because we just don't know. Uh and you know what they can do via trade, you know, maybe they find these players via trade and not in free agency. And if that's the case, that's fine.
1: Yeah. But I we- think that oh, sorry, you no, that's fine. Yeah, I just think in terms of like you said with trades, I think that's probably the route they're going to go, just with all the depth that they've built. Uh, pitching-wise, with the farm system improving. Uh, Raj, you mentioned a guy like J.D. Martinez. I saw that. I don't think that's the worst idea in the world. I think the Tigers need another right-handed hitter in the middle of their lineup. And and just off Uper's point of the core of those three, of Carpenter, Green, and Torkelson, I believe in Torkelson the most out of those three. I think he's a perennial all-star in the future for the Detroit Tigers. Riley Green, uh, he needs to show a little bit more power. He needs to lift the ball a little more. Uh, And he obviously needs to stay on the field. But I still think he has an all-star ceiling with the Detroit Tigers. And then for me, Kerry Carpenter, just not having really a full season under his belt. And like you said, the power power just seemingly gone the last month of this season. Um, I don't know how much I can put stock into him as the Detroit Tigers cleanup hitter. Uh, More than likely, as it looks right now, he was the Detroit guys cleanup hitter this year. And it looks like that's where he's going to be penciled in next year. I don't know how much stock I can put into those three carrying an offense that can realistically win a division in twenty twenty
2: four. I mentioned this somewhere the other day, John, and uh, for me Kerry Carpenter, again, I like Kerry Carpenter. I think he has a chance to be a ball player. Um, but just he just the, the sense I get, and it's it, there's nothing numerical behind it. I just feel like he should be on a good team. He's sitting in the sixth hole or the seventh hole, not in the third and the fourth hole, you know? Um, and I, I think that's what th- where they need to build this lineup. They need to lengthen it with more power and with more on base than what they currently
0: have. So uh, we had a couple of questions. So uh, old BK asked me about what I thought about Scott Harris and I'll, I'll like, I will, I'll address that here in a second. And then um, as far as how confident am I in, in Carpenter and also some of the trade, there's some other comments in here. I want to address in our YouTube chat. Uh, first and foremost, Gary Carpenter is led the team in OPS plus at 120. He had 20 home runs. He had 278. He just struggled towards the end of the season. It could be season fatigue. He played 115 games, Yep, 18 games. He did cover, had a little bit of injury. My concern, is, the biggest thing the Tigers need to address is what they're going to do at third base. That is the biggest thing in the offseason. I don't care. Cole Keefe is a second baseman. Cole Keefe is better suited at second base. And Andy Baez didn't nothing wrong and and i think they really he might be coming back like i, I that's the vibe i got from and, and don't do your victory parade yet john cuz we don't know yet oh, I... um <laughs> no 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 i want no. to no but you won't because you're cuz <coughs> you're not sure if it's going to happen
1: no oh, okay that's fair all
0: right anyway um they really need to address somebody mentioned let's move the team to nashville come on come on get out of here anyway I think that that's the biggest thing that the Tigers have to address this offseason. Number one. It is gonna come through trade. So Larry Love says the Tigers don't have much trade. Not necessarily. They and I'm not saying that buying is your answer to third base, deadly ninja bees. I'm not saying that at all. Um I think that what's gonna in terms of trade, here's what you're gonna look at. They have to make a couple rule five decisions right now on several players. So they have and so I'm looking at this team right now as far as who they have to make a rule as far as like in terms of depth wise, who they have to make a rule five decision on. So they have to decide on, and I'm going to be doing an article from the minor league report on that too. Um, that will be coming out. So they have to decide on Dylan Dingler. Dylan Dingler is rule five eligible. So you have that to consider. And is he ready to be the catcher? I mean, or I'm sorry. um Is he going to be a guy that's going to be ready to go? The answer is no, he's so struggling. Um Kyder Montero, he had a really good year. He jumped up his strikeout rates to eight percent. He is a guy that could be a starter or a reliever, depending on how the tigers want to use him. So he's a rule five option. You gotta make room for him. You gotta make room for I mean, are you gonna make room for Jack O'Loth again? I mean he had a pretty good year. Andrew Mando, Mango, Mango is a reliever. You have uh in terms of getting uh, get back to positional players room, you have Eliza Alfonso. Had a really good finish of the year in double A. He's a rule five guy. You have uh um, what was it? Uh who was the other one that kind of stood out to me? Um the rest are kind of guys they can like or guys that you can lose. Um they also have uh Eduardo Valencia, who was another, it's catchers wise, but Carlos Peña, another lefty that they have to make a decision on. They have to make key decisions on quite a bit of players. As far as what they can go for trades, um, you could look at somebody like a Wilmer Flores and trade him for a couple of guys and maybe get you an arm or two. Flores is pitching in the AFL right now. The Tigers look, I mean, uh, the reason why I say something like him versus uh, trading somebody like Ty Madden, for example, Flores right now could be, it could, it could be name based off what he did last year and you could trade him and, and get a couple prospects for that. Or a couple guys are ready to go. They could play third base. I like the idea, Steve mentioned, of Ryan McMahon at third. That's a good defense, good bat. Um, Night Owl, 1978. The reason why you can trade for it is because Ty Madden is almost pretty much um, a guy who could <coughs> excuse me, um, who could come up next year and put, could compete for a rotation spot or a bullpen spot. Again, he has to get out lefties consistently to get to the next level. And he did show that towards the last month of the season. But again, in double A, we have to kind of see what he can do at a higher level. What do you do with a guy like Freddie Pacheco, who we signed over from the Cardinals? Do you wait for his rehab and bring him back, or you just let him go? They're in Mason Ingler, let him sit in the farm next year. There's a lot of things they got to decide on that. But I think they have enough to make themselves at least, it's it's not as they couldn't trade. Jack crap last year, or Jack shit last year. Quite frankly, in the off season. they couldn't trade anybody in their system. Now, look at Jace Young. Jace Young is a guy that they're playing at third. That you, I mean, you, there's multiple ways they can go about it. They can. Cole Keith is pretty much looking at his numbers today. I did an article on Tiger Miley Report. You can check it out. On second baseman, he was above average hit rate, above average ISO in terms of inter, compared to the internet, rest of the international league or Triple A. And he, he's ready to go. I don't think he has lost anything to prove.
2: I think that you know, you, you hate we don't know enough about Scott Harris's MO yet to know what's gonna happen, right? So we don't know if Colt Keith is untouchable, but I would say he has to be close. But when you look at Jace Young, Colt Keith, Justin Henry Malloy, you got some mixture of second base and third base in all three of them, right? In some way or, or shape or form um malloy's played a little bit of outfield but you know mostly infield you got to believe they could trade from that depth of those three guys where one of them could get moved for something you know and uh, and to help the big club um and probably obviously not keith at least i would hope not but you, again you never know what the offer what will what'll be out there um but that's where again where this positional mystery amongst all their top prospects and again if you can hit you'll play I, i've always said that and i still believe that they'll play if they can hit but it, it's just so interesting to have all these guys that don't have a position nailed down <laughs> you know how often yeah you-
0: no and that's 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 exactly it huper um they could even be in dh at this point like the, the, the way they're trending like for example this is where uh, and this is this, my opinion of scott harris is that he has gotten better and talking to the media he's gotten better um there's a couple tells like he likes players that can play multiple positions that's clear uh the control the strike zone he is very serious about that he's steadfast about it Mm -hmm. i mean you look at some of the players they acquired fit that mold being there yesterday although it was kind of weird because it's the little things like when i asked him about sorry gibson long a couple weeks ago before he got called up, he was like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, he's got a change up. It's like, well, I, I know he's got a change up, but it was it was interesting because he said, well, Justin Henry Malloy needs to get more at-bats in the outfield, and then he didn't barely play in the outfield the last month in Toledo. He played third. Yeah. So I, I think I, I think he. Sometimes I think he oh, the, the one thing about I think Harris. Absolutely is sticking to a plan. Like he has like, it's like this giant checklist. Okay. He has this giant checklist right here. And imagine this being, if you're watching it on YouTube. This is a checklist and he's making sure he gets to cross it off completely before he moves on. And I think sometimes it gets singularly focused. And I got that sense that. He, with even with the Dodgers trade, like we potentially, they heard that I heard that they were going to get a catcher, like the, the, the Dodgers were going to catcher. catcher. Uh, they were going to get back in return, um, was potentially, this is allegedly, so I'm not 100% on this, and I'm trying to get the gentleman's name right here. Michael, uh, no, uh, Michael, uh, uh, God, uh, what am I drawing a blank on his name now all of a sudden? uh, Michael Bush. No, Michael Bush. Michael Bush.
1: Oh, he's an infielder, right? Yeah, but he's also a catcher. Oh, he's also a catcher.
0: No, let me see. Oh, maybe it's
1: maybe it's not. See, what was interesting was I was when I was at the game, I was talking to a gentleman who I was standing by, and he worked for the Dodgers Single A team. Um, out, I believe out of Midwin, uh, the Dodgers Single A team, and he yeah, told the me, likes,
0: the to lose yeah, yet.
1: he told me the catcher was Dalton Rushing, that the De- that was the player the Detroit Tigers were going to get. Well, I don't know how in tune he was with that organization, but. He said that was the player that was headed to the Detroit Tigers in the Eduardo Rodriguez trade, allegedly. Well, I mean, I, I don't think I don't know if we'll ever know that, but that's what I was told.
0: Well, I mean, if if they're gonna the Dalton Rushing is down in high. I mean, if that's the case, that would make zero sense because the Tigers already have a couple guys are in high A and double A, and Rushing is very. I mean. You could add him in a couple years in a, as a as a you know a, a, down the line, but Tigers need catching right now. So to me, I mean maybe a guy like Diego Car uh Car- Carrea was in. Yeah, but yeah, as, it's, uh, it's, it's, but as a natural yeah. d- they only need to be said. The Tigers got jack shit.
1: It's water under the bridge at this point. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It, it is what it is. But um, I don't know. In terms of like trade options for. I feel like with the MLB, with them trying to eliminate taking with the new draft lottery, I feel like there aren't a lot of teams that are going to be sellers this offseason. Like we know the Oakland A's, they're going to sell probably whatever they have. The Kansas City Royals, but I don't know how much they really have to sell. I think it's going to be a team like we've talked about the Cincinnati Reds who have a need for pitching, and they're going to want to take a step forward in 2024. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if they're going to want to move any bats. But it doesn't really look like that star player is going to be out there the tigers like me and you talked about i feel like the tigers need that star player like i talked about when when they played the dodgers towards the end of the season you saw a guy like mookie Betts. the dodgers were able to trade for him uh and and kind of build their their team around him i think you realistically want a player like that to become available this offseason that the tigers could trade some of their top prospects or put right in the middle of that lineup take pressure off Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson and Kerry Carpenter. So where Kerry Carpenter isn't your number three or number four hitter, Kerry Carpenter is your five or, or your six there. But again, it'll be interesting to see if that player becomes available. You never know in the offseason a, a team might flame out in the playoffs and they'll look to move somebody. But in terms of the trade market, I don't know if there's necessarily a, a star or an all-star level player that we could realistically look at for the Tigers to acquire this offseason.
0: I I don't I disagree with that. I think there's always somebody that's willing to do something. I mean the Brewers, they're losing David Stearns. He's going to New York. Who knows? Whoever they're going to be, who's going to replace him, might have his own vision of the future, and the Brewers might solve some parts. Uh, if the Brewers don't get in the post, I mean the Brewers right now, as it stands, are losing four or three in the bottom of the fifth. If they they might flame out in the series again. Uh, excuse me. And what he got to show for it? Who knows? But as uh, by the way, Stephen. Steve, Great Lakes, I think, has the best one of the best stadiums in all of the Midwest League. It's one of my favorites. I, I really like their how that whole setup is in Midland. That's and then uh Dow Gardens is not too far away. That's a cool place too. Um, but, um as Otani? But, yeah, I would like yeah, I love everybody would love Otani, but I mean we're living in reality here, folks. Yeah.
1: Just for the sake of argument, I want to get both of your guys' thoughts. I feel like Cody Bellinger is probably, other than Otani, the best free agent hitter this offseason. season. It, What would Cody Bellinger realistically even do for the Detroit Tigers? I I don't think that's realistic. Do you put that in the same category as Otani where that's not happening? And even if, let's say, you do sign Cody Bellinger and you put him in the middle of the Detroit Tigers order, just for the sake of argument, what does that really look like? What does that really mean for the Tigers?
0: Really, I I, I just don't see that happening. I I just don't. It's not a complimentary player. I mean, they're going to look for guys that, if you're looking at a complimentary player, if we're just going to, I mean, again, we're, we're not even, this is not a free agent show. Cause we haven't, we haven't even time to do research or anything like that. Like it, it's, it's fine. It's rather ironic that Jamer Candelaria is getting back in the free agent market. And he has a F war 3.3. That could solve a lot of your third base problems.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yep.
0: But, uh, the, oh, yeah, that would be cool. The Japanese red wings, like Otani Yamamoto and Sasaki would be, that, that's cool. But I could see a guy like, a util- a player who I could see the Tigers going after that could potentially be like as like a, a potential right-handed bat, um, or just yeah, as a as a right-handed bat that could play like uh, as far as like a veteran goes, um, because you you look at so you look at the positions across the diamond. Spencer Herkelson, he's set and he's set as your first baseman of the future. He's there. He he you know, but like a guy like. I don't know. I feel like they could go somebody like, like uh, what's his face? Uh, I mean, although he, uh, L'Oreal's uh grail junior, the outfielder out of the, for Arizona. Oh, that's sure. not. Yeah. 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 That's a complimentary player. I mean, that's who I would think of. I would say Kevin Kermeyer, but he's 34. And at this point, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, like, he's yeah, not, he's he's not, not, it's not, yeah, as long yeah, as we, it's we, we, have,
1: we have Parker Meadows. Like, I feel like we have. Yeah, I know, but I'm just,
0: just saying like, as a complimentary player, Um, a guy, another guy that has struggled a little bit, uh, uh, Isaiah or Falifa from New York because he can play multiple positions. Yeah, uh, Scott Harris. Look, I know you're shaking your head, John. He can't
1: hit a lick.
0: Let me finish though. This is he, but this is what Scott Harris likes. He likes guys to play multiple positions who apparently can't hit. Uh, (laughs) I know, but it's like uh, all jokes aside that uh, something like that. Um, if you're looking at third base. So outside of the Matt Chapman and Candelario, because I would be – I mean, it would be funny if Candelario came back here. I would find it hilarious. I don't think it's going to happen, though, but, you know. um, Here's the thing to me. We could talk about all these
2: guys. Right. I I think they're all possibilities. There's going to be a myriad of ways to go for Scott Harris. But really, what is the general direction and what arc do they envision to compete and when I say compete, you know, I mean compete for the whole thing. <laughs> because, you know, it's interesting, JJ Piccolo, the GM of the of the Royals was quoted yesterday, because John brought the Royals up a little ago, it made me think of it. He wants to get the team to where they're winning 80 to 85 games, that's his next big goal. I was like, wow, <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a big thinker he is, you know? The Royals showed that Ooh. they can get to the World Series. They got to the World Series in back-to-back years less than a decade ago, right? They should have big thoughts in Kansas City. And he's thinking about, you know, breaking even with 81 wins and thinking, wow, we, we really did it. What a bunch of crap. And, you know, when you think about what Scott Harris said the other day, yes, they want to be active, whatever his de- definition of active means. And we could be negative about that if we want to be. If you finish second to signing everybody, but you checked in on everyone, were you active? okay maybe but are you going to get things done and he also mentioned the state of the division and that irritated me a little bit because we've talked about this before he was neither asked by the media in the room there nor did he bring up winning a world series well what's the freaking goal man why are you why does that team exist other than have a TV show on every week, every night, for someone to watch and get ratings, okay? The goal is to win the World Series. At least I hope it is. We've been chasing that since 1984. It'd be nice to have one again before I'm dead, you know? (laughs) And winning the division, especially this division, which isn't all that great. Yes, it's a goal, it'd be nice, I'd enjoy it, I would celebrate it, but in the end, if they're not, if they're still chasing the World Series, if, if they win the put it this way, if they win the division, but are nowhere near good enough to win a World Series, who cares? Who cares? You know, because their goal is to win the World Series.
0: That's why teams compete in this league. I I understand what you're saying, Newper, but I'm gonna this is I'm gonna play devil's advocate for a moment. I think Scott Harris thinks one thing, realistic thoughts, one thing at a time. And right now, the Tigers are nowhere near a World Series period right now they could win they could potentially win the division next year if they get the right of moves but as far as world series contenders goes no i mean you look at you look at teams like texas you look at the braves i mean the the braves the braves put up cartoon numbers this year like Mm -hmm. just ridiculous numbers and the tigers are nowhere near that so i think the play devil's advocate youper yes i think scott harris is well aware of what the goal is to win the world series. Absolutely. Uh, you, you, didn't you know, bring like, it up. <laughs> no, but you, you didn't bring it up because I don't think it was important. I don't think it was. I, I I didn't think it was important to me. I didn't, I didn't think about it until you said that. Cause I was just like, well, one thing at a time, you know what I mean? And so no, I, I like right now what like deadly ninja bees is saying, that's what the Tigers were uh, actually a competitive team. In the second half, they had a winning record in the second half of the season. They got a better winning ref- run differential. They made like they finished 18 and 10. Och- Terry Scoble wins pitcher of the month. The first one of elected by a tiger since 1984. I'm look, I I'm just with you. You I'm usually the cynical asshole with this. And I always try to burn the, bring things in perspective and keep things at a uh, at perspective. I'm not going to fall for the Scott Harris. Like he speaks that talk sometimes where people don't think he's understand where it's like, he's speaking in a lot of uh terminology, like office speak or kind of like I don't see cliche some cliches um but at the same time you can see like look the bottom line is the, the results was shown on the paper and if, if they don't if they don't if they had a 22 game improvement from last year it was a shit show last year it's slightly better than, it's not much better this year it's, it is slightly better it is mm-hmm. but at the same time right now I'm just also I'm just astonished what piccolo said first and foremost, Really, I mean, like, man,
2: I got a few names I'd like to call yeah.
0: I mean, What kind of loser mentality is that? I mean, come on. And, and the division is easy to the White Sox are pretty much, uh, you know, congratulations, the White Sox are nepotism. I mean, you're telling me that that's not a nepotism hire they had for GM? <laughs> for Christ, they didn't even look. They're like, oh, him. All right. No, that's cool. You know, meanwhile, uh, Heim Bloom goes on the market. And you see some of the, like, I think John Henry pulled the trigger on that a little too early there Um, yeah, and, and with that. Yeah, let's, like, anyway, my point is the, I think the Tigers, I think that's the way Skyhurst is thinking. He's just thinking one year at a time.
2: Well, again, I, this goes back, I've mentioned it a million times, it goes back to ownership and what they want, right? Illich can give orders tomorrow like the old man used to. Uh, and if Juan Soto's out there, go get Juan Soto. Okay? Are the Tigers closer to winning a World Series if they have Juan Soto? I think they are. You know, if they sign one of the top Japanese guys and plug him into the lineup this year, are they closer to winning? I hope if they're right about the guy, yes. Those are aggressive moves. Those are Those are moves Team I want to win a World Series make. You know, um, I don't agree with going the one year at a time, get a little tiny bit better. at a. We've seen teams go worse to first. It can happen. Uh, they have young guys who are coming through. If a couple of them come through and they make the right acquisitions, they could get out of the division and do some damage in the playoffs. But right now, they're not close. And yeah. this little incremental building, it's fine at the bottom of the roster. But again, it's not doing anything for the top of the roster. And that's that's what, in the end, wins you ball games. The top of the roster is who's going to hit the home run in the World Series. To to advance, you know. I think
0: I think what, what Scott Harris was doing was basically setting us up to go. Hey, look, this is going to take some time. If you look at what he said, it's not he, the way that they're like they're giving you all the good stuff first. It's like a complimentary sandwich. All right, we got the pro, we got prospect development did really well. We're building a stand in the DR with a team playing middle part of the sandwich. The the bad part. Ah, uh, well, we're not sure what's going. We're not going to talk to Erod until he talks to us we're going to get complimentary players and we're not really sure how much we're spending. And then on the bottom part of it, well, Hey, look, you know, these guys had a good year. Anybody like waiver players and all that stuff. He brought up all that stuff right away. They kind of know that you basically, you're going to swallow this or whatever. You're going to swallow the crap here shortly. He sets you up for that. So that's, I mean, honestly, like I, I, I know for a fact, look, Yes, we look at teams all the time. Worst to first, the Braves did in '91. There's there's countless examples of that. But the Tigers, I just don't. The Tigers really have to hit on whomever they're going to pick or whoever they're going to trade for that really makes an impact because they can't afford another Nick Mayton mistake. You know what I mean? Like they, Nick Mayton really that thought there was an answer at third base that wasn't the case. I mean. Candelary wanted more money. Tiger said no, and he's like, "All right, cool. I'll go and go rake somewhere else." And he did. we are you going to say, John?
1: Well, I I think there's two ways you can look at this, and there's two ways you can really run a, a major league <laughs> baseball franchise. There's the way the Tigers sort of did it in the 2010s, which is you push all your chips to the table, you move all your prospects, and you go all in for a couple of years, and they paid the price by doing that. They completely com- depleted their farm system they paid all these you know aging players bunch of big money contracts and they paid the price for it and then there's a way you know a team like the Milwaukee Brewers do it or the Tampa Bay Rays where you're always going to be competitive but you never see those teams making that all in move you never see those teams depleting their farm system trading for these big name guys they're always keeping an eye towards the future they're always still trying to compete trying to put themselves in position to win a world series but still they always want to you know, be thinking the, uh, multiple years down the line if they're still going to be able to compete multiple years down the line. So that's the question we need to ask is what's the best uh, uh, scenario for this Detroit Tigers team? Do we want them to go all in for a couple years and push all their chips into the table and say, screw whatever happens five years from now, we don't care? Or do we want them to kind of follow the blueprint of a team like the Brewers and the Rays where they're always keeping an eye towards the future. They're always worrying about staying competitive and never really truly going all-in for a World Series.
2: Well, I mean, well the, I mean, third, the third way is being the Dodgers or the Braves, right? I mean, they they spend money, they, go, they make moves, but they also keep developing ballplayers. Um, Scott Harris might, you know, uh, have the system in place now to keep developing ballplayers. That's fantastic. Do they make the next move to in, keep investing in the team? They've gotten rid of the legacy contract of Miguel Cabrera. They'll probably lose... Rodriguez's money. So now they have space to do things and be aggressive. Uh, That's why I don't see why they need to do the small moves uh, only. I think they could take a big swing and see immediate dividends. Uh, And, you know, the Illich family, they're the fourth or fifth most wealthy ownership, right? There's no excuse to say, oh, well, we can't compete with the big boys. I I think that's a lie. Um, Mike Illich proved that that wasn't the case.
0: No, look, it's yeah. There's a, it's not. There is shades of gray with this, as a uh, Obk said too. And th- yeah, there's no. There is multiple ways to go about this, and I think ultimately, I just think. If the tight like, also the Cardinal way. Look, the Cardinal way. They, they finished twenty games under five hundred. I don't hear about the Cardinal way anymore. Cardinals know, eh, will be I, back. The Cardinals might be back. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, they, they yeah, they yeah, yeah. Mason away. win. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Fine. I hope they're John, not. Bad, John, probably, yeah. if the Cardinals win the World Series next year, then I no will call you But for now, no, no one yeah. will not be surprised. Get out of here, man. We have enough pitching. Get out of here, then, John. Cardinals win the World Series next year. I would not be surprised, honestly. Cardinals. Are you smoking something, John? About the Cardinals winning the World Series next year, I'd love to know what <laughs> pitching do they have. Go on, I, I tell me because I, I like well, to know. They
1: don't, but they could trade for someone. They could go out and sign somebody for free agency. And...
0: Yeah, and that's gonna solve everything. That happened <laughs> never. I mean, I, I mean, like I just I look at it, I look at it this way. There's a lot of ways to go about how the Tigers are gonna approach this this off season. We're way too early in. We're day two in the offseason I'm not going to go in and, and do a whole diatribe about it right now there's there's multiple ways to go about it we'll see how the tigers approach it this is a this is now now Harris has no excuse there's not the Miguel Cabrera tra- contract hanging over his head he has a year under his belt of what he is see- uh you know like they never like he has a ability he has he has he has no excuses he, he has both hands
2: out. on the wheel now
0: yeah, right. He has both hands he's, in his wheel. He, he's driving this car. I yeah, and he's also him. he's also gotten rid of scouts of the yeah. old guard. The, the old guard pretty much is gone. The mm-hmm. old ways of Avila is pretty much there. There's still some ways to go. But nevertheless, he has no excuses now. You yeah. saw you hear him talk about prospects, he knows what's going on. I mean, he is like he wax poetic all day about agreed. Excuse me. And so he has he got a GM now. As old BK mentioned in there, there's no excuse. So let's let's just wait and see. Now, if yeah, they don't the, do, go ahead,
2: there's no question. Uh, everything I'm saying is based off of some of the scars of the Avila years. Uh, also, the fact that he he took a year on the job to kind of figure this all out. I get that. It uh, wasn't a lot he could do. Some of the contracts are gone now. He may do a lot of the things I hope he does this winter, and I'll be the first to applaud. If that is the case, hundred uh, percent. I'm just responding to a couple things that I heard yesterday that I didn't love. Uh, but again, that a couple a couple of swift moves could change my entire outlook on that. No question about it.
0: I don't mind that scenario that uh, Steve put in the chat there, which is a guy, some like Art Nolan Arenado. There, it, it's something, you know, like it, it's something there. And Tiger Town is correct; they are paying for Alvila sin still. And there's going to be a tax to that, um, so yeah. This, as of right now, but just give me a scoring update. If you're listening to us live on the broadcast, top of the sixth in Milwaukee, Diamondbacks are up four to three. Yeah. Ranger, the Phillies are up three nothing here in the, in the top of the fifth. And if you missed it earlier, uh, final Rangers beat the Rays four nothing, and the Twins win their first game since John was born. Uh feels uh, like it uh, a couple a years after, but uh, a couple years, yeah. Since John was an infant.
2: You guys uh, know Minnesota. You guys know the professional sports team with the longest losing streak in the playoffs news now?
0: Not the Tigers. Uh, no. no. No, not the Tigers. No, 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 no. no. It wouldn't be the Tigers. No. Professional, no. Sports. No. professional sports. Professional sports? <laughs> that would be Pistons. Pistons. Yeah, <laughs> pistons. Oh. Yes. 14 in a row. Man.
1: Listen, I don't know about you guys. I'm, I was pretty happy to see Minnesota win. I know we're, we're the Tigers guys, and we're supposed to hate our division rivals, but for them, what they've gone through, like you said, om, over almost 20 years, I mean, good for Minnesota.
2: I was happy to see Royce Lewis hit those two bombs because that poor guy, he's so talented, and when he does play, he's fantastic, but he's just been injured, 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 you know? Uh, ACL tears and uh, bad back and a couple other things. Uh, but he got into the lineup today, and he he just crushed two bombs and won that game for him.
1: Yeah, but um, I, I got to get going a little early, guys. So uh, yeah, good night, yeah, everybody.
0: We, yeah, we're gonna, we, just, yeah, we're gonna probably we should wrap it up here. The Pistons, okay. well, the Pistons. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, Pistons, yeah. It's gonna be I don't know. All right, John, thanks for joining us. But uh, we'll be back on. Take care, thi- thanks, uh, John. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Uh, like I said, there's gonna be a special Discord. Uh we're gonna have people from our Discord. Uh Job. Guys, I, I did not forget about Jackson Job. I'm just gonna yeah. wait till Thursday. I'm gonna wait till Thursday. To be honest with you, this is I haven't had a day off since doing baseball since last Saturday Friday? Friday? No, no. Yeah. it about three weeks. Three weeks I've been going every day at baseball. Thursday will be a lot calmer. And Thursday we'll we'll be talking about Jackson Job. We'll have some more uh Arizona Fall League stuff. Um <laughs> no Klaus is <laughs> Blood right. Uh that's funny. He got mad and left. No, he had to go, he was doing another thing. No, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine.
2: He knows he's um, the youngest guy. He takes a beating once in a while. It's
0: yeah. It's not like of
2: I'm... Part of his contract.
0: Yeah. He doesn't like being ridden. Or maybe <laughs> he does. I don't know. Not by me, of course, but well, anyway. you know. <laughs> just, uh, um, but
2: Corbin Carroll is a beast love yes. that guy he was on my fantasy team which I know nobody cares about but that's why I watched him a lot and my in-laws live in Arizona so I do pay attention man that kid is really talented uh between him and Cattell Marte that's a nice one too in the lineup uh and then uh we will get to Joe but just again if you watched last night if you saw some of the video man that's some dazzling stuff that'll be a fun conversation on Thursday and I guess let's just kind of tease this what's his debut date next year if he keeps
0: this up? Oh, yeah, he's going to be in a major league roster at some point. Somebody asked us, by the way, how old are, how old are you guys? Well, um, let's just say this. How old do you I, think I am? How old do you think Youper is? All right, we'll take guesses here. How old do you think Youper is? <laughs> yeah. And by the way, Chris, I did talk to Chris Brown. Chris Brown is enjoying the offseason. When he's coming back, I don't know, but uh, I know he's going to be coming back. So yeah. All right. I'm gonna I mean, let's we'll take quick a couple of quick guesses on you per, before we get out of here. Yeah twenty-seven. So you <laughs> funny, <27.
2: I'm, laughs> my age is divisible by twenty-seven, which is kind of funny. So <laughs> I am fifty-four.
0: Uh blood right <laughs> said fifty-six. Oh, well, uh, blood see, rate screw you, blood right. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Perry said yeah, fifty <laughs> Todd said sixty. Damn. Holy man.
2: shit. Cold blooded. Wow,
0: that's cold. Yeah, that's cold. Right. <laughs> I don't even want to know how old people, how old people think I am. So, uh, good times. Yeah, good times. Fifty four, fifty four years of wisdom. There you go. Yeah. It. When when Chris Brown, uh, I, you know, some people might not even know who Chris Brown is on the show. Um. Yeah. See, Tiger Town does not know who. No, not that rapper, Chris Brown. Uh, the guy who I actually started doing the podcast with. Uh, not
2: Chris Brown. who used to play third base for the Padres.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um seven years or I've been doing the podcast with Chris Brown originally, not the rapper. But uh yeah, anyway. Uh Larry Loves us 38. Oh, thank you. Um, but I will be I'll be forty two. Uh I'll be forty two next Thursday. So there you go. about Chris Brown, the former pitcher it, what am I thinking of? Chris Benson, the former pirate pitcher that we had oh, that really, we had the hot wife. Yeah, hot wife that was on yeah. Yeah. yeah anna benson i believe her name was or something like that <laughs> but uh all right At any rate thanks so much for joining us we'll be back thursday with a special discord show like i said we're doing a discord panel with some of our uh some listeners and viewers who are, if you haven't been part of the tigers discord talk by all means let me know and i'll send you guys a link and uh what he did the rihanna was messed up okay on that were note, no
2: season review on that one
0: Yes, we're gonna be yeah, we're gonna be probably do a season review. That Thursday is gonna be the official season review thing. We're gonna be looking at our uh, we're gonna get our awards, our best player, MVP, that kind of stuff. So I have a whole planned show out for that on Thursday. So that'll be at eight o'clock. We're not gonna be in a nine o'clock time. We'll be at eight o'clock on Thursday. So see you in your town, Delhi Ninja Bee, Steve, Larry Love, Andrew Miller. Uh, shout out to everybody in the chat, Perry Bloodright, Delhi uh, Steve um everybody in here O B K. thank you so much for joining us tonight we'll talk to you soon todd you have a good night guys oh
1: Christmas.